How many of you been learning about the kingdom? And how important it is to know the things about the kingdom and the government and how the government of the kingdom runs. See, you know, we don't get all the benefits as citizens of America because we don't know the Constitution. So we lack some things. You know, if, if you rent a place and you don't read what they're supposed to uphold for you, you'll live in a building with stuff falling down around you because you don't know that, that the owner is supposed to maintain the building. It is important that you learn government, no matter what you're participating in, be it buying a house or whatever, renting, you need to know what the paperwork says. Because in that paperwork are your rights and privileges. Mm. So never do anything like that and you don't discover what your rights and privileges are. Now look at Matthew 6.33 again. We're going to pick it up from there. We're gonna, we might go over some more things because how many of you know repeat is good, right? Hallelujah. We're not against repeating. Let's go back up to verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. Jesus asking questions because the more you know about the kingdom, you'll stop asking and you stop being concerned about these little areas. Therefore, verse 31, take no thought. That means don't participate. Don't bring that into your everyday vernacular, your everyday conversation. What am I going to eat? What shall I drink? Or wherewithal shall I be clothed? He's not saying decide on what you're going to have for dinner. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying when you started questioning how you're going to make it, See, the kingdom doesn't permit that kind of mindset. It goes against the grain of faith. Because what you're saying to the Lord, you can't provide for me. Or you haven't provided for me in advance. Because this is what Jesus is talking. This is Jesus, right? Look at verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles see. For your heavenly Father... We have a heavenly father. He's just not the king, but he's our heavenly father. Knows. He knows that you have need of all these things. What good parent knows that their child needs some things and then won't provide it? He says, I'm your heavenly father. I know what you have need of. Before you can even ask me, I already know what you have need of. But I got, I got something I need you to do first. Because I don't want you concentrating on this. I want you to concentrate on this right here. Seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing everything. Come to me. I know the answer. And all the things that you're crying about, son and daughter, they'll be added to you. 
Debbie added to you. <laughs> You're not a beggar. Mm. So this tells us making learning the way of the kingdom should be a priority. And since the kingdom is a priority to God, then the key to understanding the kingdom must be of greater importance. Who is the key to the kingdom? The Holy Spirit. Y'all remember that. Remember, when a kingdom takes over your life, the plan is to make you forget your past history and give you theirs. <laughs> I'm not supposed to remember my days of slavery and, and, and wear it like a badge. When my kidnapper had me in a closet somewhere, keeping my potential down, won't tell me the truth about who I am and what I have and what I can do. I'm not supposed to keep reminding God of all the bad stuff the devil did to me. He did it because you were a slave. And slaves don't have rights. The devil doesn't give you rights. He doesn't even give you choices. Hmm. So to get the culture change that is required to work with God starts with our hearing. And we must hear by the spirit of God. We got to learn to develop that relationship, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So praying in tongues and a fervent pursuit of discovering how the kingdom does family, finances, employment, healing. If we would only listen to what has already been prescribed. Because see, you're listening to the news and you're discovering what they have already prescribed for you to hear. And you're only going to hear what they want you to hear. They're not telling you the truth. They're hearing what they have prescribed that they figure you, that's all you need to know. Because that helps promote what they want to do against you. <laughs> wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Just like I told somebody, a reality show is not a reality show. Everything is scripted. They're just good players. Because they are not about to lose ratings because you don't know what to say when you get before a camera. Can I get an amen? <laughs> You're going to know the answer even if it's dumb. Somebody got to play the dumb one on the reality show, and somebody got to play the smart one. You choose. But it's all scripted. There's no such thing on television as not knowing in advance. When you get past that, you say, oh, did you see how they surprised? Nobody is surprised. We are pretending. Because they have to have you responding according to what they want you to understand. So they can't have somebody that's getting to say, well, I didn't know you were going to do me like that. 
Now, if that's part of the script, you're going to say that. But see, I'm, try I'm trying to rewrite the way you think about how you deal in the kingdom. That's my assignment unto you. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes you. Time to get out of your, that, little, that little stupid zone where the devil manipulates you with prescribed words. When we got a word that's been active and prescribed for us that overcomes everything the devil says against you. Mm. Mm. We have been given a heavenly language. Let me get down to my notes for the day because if I keep recapping, I'll never get to my notes for the day. I want you to understand you cannot be transformed without the governor who is the Holy Spirit. There is no transformation without him. Now, you can, I'm going to say this and I'll probably say it again later on. You can be in the country, but not a citizen. We got a lot of people that are born again, but they have not activated their citizenship. You, you, you got to know, see, because there are two first laws that got to go into place for citizenship to be activated. And that's tithing and giving and praying in tongues. These are the doors that give you communication to heaven. And these are the two first laws that get more warfare than anybody can ever think of. This is why the devil never wants you to pray in tongues. Makes you sleep when it's time to pray in tongues. Make you think a lot of dumb stuff when it's time to pray in tongues. Why? Because he knows that's a first law. And if I want to defeat you, I got to make you weak in the area that will make you strong. Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, the devil never plays fair. And when you understand that, you, you, you don't give him a break. You never give him a break. Because he never plays fair. And when I realized that, I, I, I stopped depending on my feelings to get something done. Because he does not play fast. You got to move yourself out of your feeling realm, out of the sense realm, into the Holy Spirit. Look at John 16, 5. When you have it, say, I have it. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow have filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, he says, I'm giving it, he said, nevertheless, he said, I know you're, you're filled with sorrow, but that's, I ain't dwelling on that. Because that'll change when truth comes. <laughs> he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. So Jesus said, if I don't die on this cross, the Holy Spirit will not come back into the earth. Now the Holy Spirit was in Jesus, but Jesus was the only person that the Holy Spirit used. 
So if Jesus had come and died on the cross and the Holy Spirit never was activated in us, then Jesus' death was in vain because we still were without God in the earth. Jesus would have gone back. The whole assignment was to get the Holy Spirit back into mankind. Oh, Jesus. And the cross, we are not diminishing it, but it was a means to an end. We would never diminish the blood that Jesus shed. Keep singing the blood that Jesus shed. But don't get stuck there. Move on to the power. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you, you, you get stuck in one mode and you won't go to where the, 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 the freedom is. So we get, we get into the country, but then we don't be free. We still acting like we're in the slave land. But you're in the country. And the power of God said, let me in and loose you. I'm going to show you some stuff you ain't never seen. I'm going to give you some stuff you didn't ever think was possible. You don't even know there's some things on the earth that are present, waiting on the sons of God to open up and be demonstrated and demonstrate the God that's in them. He says, if I don't go away, the one that I've been sent to bring when I come unto you. Mm. Now, that word comforter, it, it, it actually means a paraclete. P-A-R-A-C-L-E-T-E. -E, the paraclete. He, has been, he is the one that has been sent to aid you, to defend you. To help you. He's an advocate. He's a strengthener. He's your intercessor. He's your counselor. He's your teacher. He'll be your guide. You mean to tell me you can go every day and not need him? No wonder you keep making dumb decisions. Ooh, Jesus. It's not a great big mystery. You've excluded the one that's been sent to help you. Now, the Holy Spirit is not an it. You need to stop calling him it somebody or something told me. No, you either acknowledge him as God in you or leave it alone because he is not an it. You are demeaning him. I'm going to share something with you this morning. I believe is going to help you. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. What you sense upon your flesh, yes, he might impact your flesh. But he is not a feeling. So don't reduce him to a feeling. Ooh, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is part of the Trinity. You are a triune person. You say, I am? Yes. You are a spirit living inside a body with a soul. And you got to give an account for all three parts of you. Mm. And the Holy Spirit has a personality. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> now watch this. However... When you ignore a person, when they are talking to you, eventually the person is going to be convinced that you don't want to be bothered with them. 
If I'm standing there talking to you, trying to give you the instruction, and your mind is way over there, you think you already got the answer, you really don't need to hear what I'm saying to you, eventually I'm going to get the sense of, well, you know, what's the point of talking? The Holy Spirit is a person. He has a personality, and he can be grieved, according to Scripture. Amen? They will stop talking to you. So the more you ignore a person, the more they ignore you. They'll, eventually, they don't even want to be around you because they know you, you know, you don't really want to hear what they got to say. I've been around people that really don't want me to talk. They want me to hear what they got to say. They don't want me to have nothing to have input because they're they going to they gonna say, well, you know, I knew she tried to know everything. I don't try to know everything. I know what I know. When I'm right, I'm right. And when you're wrong, you're wrong. Don't teach me your wrong, trying to train me in your wrong when I'm already right. That's dumb. Now, I hear your statement out, but I don't mean I'm in agreement. You got to know the difference. And the Holy Spirit said, you keep ignoring me. I'm going to ignore you. You don't include this person in your daily life. The person will say, you are not interested in me. As married couples, if your spouse don't talk to you from day to day, something wrong with your marriage. I don't mean uh, pass me the sugar. Pass me a spoon. But when you don't communicate, there's going to be a breakdown soon. And one of you going to say this statement. You don't care about me. And it's not about having sex. It's about communication. When there is no communication, sex is not fun. It might be for one. The most desperate one at that moment. But it's not a balanced response in that kind of sex life. Somebody still walks away unfulfilled because the person that's most desperate, they're going to be, going, they're going to be selfish. They're going to grab what they need and walk away. That's what happens when communication is not fulfilled. Oh, Jesus. It's supposed to be a love language developed. My husband and I, we had codes. You don't need to know them. But we had signal words. That was our love language. We had to do that because you had a house full of kids. <laughs> and when you got cheering, you can't let them know everything. My son said, move on, Pastor. See, my kids, they're still on the look. The daddy in heaven, and they still can't deal with me talking like this. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> You're living the life. <laughs> so I know you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I seen you chase. <laughs> uh-huh. Somebody said, amen, Pastor. <laughs> So you know about communication. But if you don't talk to your spouse daily, your spouse is going to eventually say, you don't care about me. 
The Holy Spirit is a person with feelings that can be grieved. The most difficult thing for the Holy Spirit is to watch you ignore him. Especially when he's trying so hard to talk to you. He's talking to you right now through me. Ooh, egg it if you want to. So we miss a lot of opportunities of hearing because we want to hear something a certain way. And if it doesn't come our way, then we figure that's not God talking to us. The Holy Spirit has been telling some of you to do something, and you say, that's just what I'm thinking right now. And then you go on your way and you ignore him. Two things happened as a result of your ignoring the Holy Spirit. You might want to write this down. You miss a blessing that was sent for you to get. Then secondly, the person you were to go to did not get a need met that you were supposed to be a part of. Because there are instructions every day given to us by the Holy Spirit. Because you're not supposed to get up with no assignment. There's an assignment that we must do every day. And that assignment comes by the way of the Holy Spirit. You just can't go to the scripture and grab a scripture and say, that's what I'm going to go do. The Holy Spirit has to lead you. Just like he led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. That was an assignment. Jesus had to overcome in the flesh just like you and I. He had to take the word and exercise his dominion over the devil. He became our example. All right, you don't like that one about the marriage? Okay, how about this example? The Holy Spirit tells you to stay up a while longer and pray for me. But you say, I'm too sleepy. I've had a rough day. And the Holy Spirit is saying, look, I need a human vessel to intercede for Pastor Diana because I cannot interfere with her without an intercessor permission to help her. This is why you have intercessors. Every born-again believer is an intercessor. You don't, there's the ministry of the intercessor, but then you as a person are an intercessor. You've been commanded to pray for those in leadership. And if you're not doing it, it makes my job a little more harder. Because, hmm. see, the Holy Spirit needs your permission to help me. Ooh, Jesus, you didn't know how important you were. So you stay in bed. What happened? I could be fighting a spiritual fight on behalf of this whole congregation and need assistance to get a breakthrough that would not only bring freedom to those and to others, but you as well. Ooh, Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. Got to get a prayer life back. Listen, you listen to people more than you listen to the Holy Spirit. You seek other people's advice, their opinions, than you do his. This is why you don't like to pray. Because prayer is you and your teacher hanging out together. Can't be you and your buddy, your wife, nobody. it's just you and the teacher. You're listening to him, getting instructions, and saying what he tells you to say. See, he's training you, he's mentoring you. He's turning you into a little Jesus. Because that's his assignment, for you to look, act, and talk just like Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
Here, but here's what most people do. You get up in the morning, you don't refer to him. You run out of the house after eating your quick breakfast, your cornflakes, your whatever. You sit in traffic and you get irritated, but you don't even pray then. And you're about to cuss the person out that's in the car in front of you. You make financial decisions. You buy a house. You buy a car. You move from one neighborhood to another neighborhood. You make investments with your money. He has given you power to get. You go about your business, your job. You go to school, and you never, say never, not once the whole day referred to the Holy Spirit. In a 24-hour cycle, you never ask the Holy Spirit. what to do and if what you are doing is what he needs you to do now you do this for years and what we end up doing is giving God a coffee break when we pray we're having a coffee break but you need a breakthrough and you wonder why it takes so long you try giving your wife 15 minutes or your husband 15 minutes every other day. There's going to be a whole lot of breaking, but there ain't going to be no breakthroughs. Somebody's going to start throwing the, the coffee cup at you. <laughs> now, you do this for years, and the governor gets quiet. That's what happened in marriages. One of them clam up, they stop talking. So what's the point? They ain't listening to me no way. Don't waste my words because you don't want to hear what I got to say. <laughs> You're not listening to me. So what I say is not important enough for you to listen to. Because if you thought it was important, you'd take time for me. You would make time for me. I said you would make time for me. You lie when you say you don't have time. You make time for what you want. You don't want him yet, but you need him. Mm. You do this for years, and the governor gets quiet and stops trying to get you to listen to him. You literally have to learn. Say, I got to learn how to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And can't nobody teach you that. I can't teach you that. I know the people try to say, no, you just got to get in there and do it. And then perfect it, because he'll, he'll perfect it your way. He'll perfect it so that you'll enjoy it. Now, I know I'm talking to somebody online, and those listening by the radio, you better hear this, because a lot of you bougie Christians, you forgot your prayer life, and all you thinking about is what you're putting on and what you need to eat and where you're going, and then you fly and get God coffee break. The devil is a lie. And you have no power because the one that allots the power, you don't have any conversation with him. You're not anointed without the Holy Spirit. Never get it mixed up. And having fellowship with the Holy Spirit is not an automatic process after getting born again. That's what grieves him because from the time you get, come into the country, you ignore the governor. Turn to Ephesians 4. Because I tell you what, 
He wakes me up sometimes, and I want to sleep, but you're at state. And I got to hear what he's saying for you. Because it's not about me. And sometimes that means I'm, I'm up to, to 3 o'clock in the morning and still got to get back up, but I depend on him to refresh me. And he'll let me take a nap later on in the day. He'll rejuvenate you. Don't ever think he's not mindful that you're living in this flesh body. He understands you have to take care of it. But when he needs you to pray, he needs you to get up and pray. And if you start a system of praying where you do it by choice every day and you set aside a time every morning where you get up and pray. See, now he got something to work with. I got a system of praying I've been doing for just almost since I've been born again. And the Lord knows that he, I don't care if I'm laying in the bed. I would say, Lord, can I just lay here and pray? And he said, you know how that work out, right? <laughs> that means I'll probably fall back to sleep before I finish praying. And he said, no, get up, go over there in that spot where you and I meet. Because in that spot, he can get my attention. Ooh, Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. So you got to make a place for him to come and fellowship where he can depend on coming in and meeting you. Oh, Lord, I could talk about that for a long time. I got a little spot right there where I know if I, if I get over there, it's just like that's the glory zone. Man, we meet there so much that sometimes I was telling one of them, I think I was telling my daughter, I said, if I start my prayer time and study time about six, I would literally not eat. And it could be three o'clock the next morning before I realized you haven't eaten and you haven't gone to bed. Because the fellowship is so, so, so sweet. You really don't want to come out of his presence. Sometimes he had to tell me, go to bed, girl. The fellowship is so sweet. Mm. What did I tell you to turn? Ephesians what? Look at verse 30. And grieve not. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. He says, don't grieve the God in you. Don't grieve him, but seek to please him. Why? You were sealed and mocked. You've been branded as God's own. Once you came into the kingdom, you got branded as God's. Listen, what we see on TV about slavery, what we read about slavery in our nation and, and against, I mean, listen, every nation has had slavery. If you go back and study history and government, every nation have experienced slavery on some level. But ours seemed to be the, the worst because we blew it up and made it the worst because of the, what it would do politically. Not because other na there are nations right now still in slavery. So slavery hasn't ended for everybody in case you didn't know it. I don't see you crying out for their freedom. 
Why don't you go to God for their freedom? Because you two color minded. And you're not spiritually minded. Because then if you're spiritually minded, you'll take on the things that God needs you to pray for. And you won't even carry that trash into your prayer time. Because it's non-essential. It's already been done. All the freedom you ever need is already here in America. You're blinded to your rights and privileges. That's why you can jump on them crazy boats. I don't know how I got them now, but anyway. He says, don't grieve him. Mm. Because he is your deliverance. Don't grieve him. Listen, the Holy Spirit with us, within us, is the only guarantee. Say only guarantee. That we belong to God. There is no other sign in the earth that you belong to God apart from the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that helped you to say, Abba, Father, because of the work he does inside of you. He helps you to recognize the Father God. So how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? By ignoring his voice. Hebrews 3, verse 7. Woo, Jesus. You learning still? Hallelujah. Hebrews 3, verse 7. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today, somebody say today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as your fathers did in their rebellion of Israel at Meribah. On the day of testing in the wilderness, verse 9, where your fathers tried me by testing my forbearance and my tolerance and saw my works for 40 years and, <laughs> and found I stood their test. He says, I won't move it. They the ones that had the issue, not me. Therefore was I angered with this generation. And I said, they always go astray in their heart. And they did not know my what? Did not know my what? Choices. Because they didn't have time for God. They wanted what God offered, but they didn't want God. Be careful that you don't want just what God offers. And then you don't have no time for him. Because that's what you're saying when you neglect him. Hmm. He says, so I swore an oath in my wrath. They shall not enter my rest, which is the promised land. Verse 12, take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be in any one of you a wicked, unbelieving heart, which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God. But continually encourage one another every day, as long as it is called today. Today is called what? Today. And there is an opportunity so that none of you will be hardened or get settled into rebellion by deceitfulness of sin. See, it's rebellious to ignore the Holy Spirit. 
you're rebelling against the kingdom. Mm. You said, I got to give it you know, the Holy Spirit better. Yes, you do. Watch this. Look at verse 14. For we believers have become partakers of Christ, sharing in all that the Messiah has for us. If only we hold firm our newborn confidence, which originally led us to him until the end. My prayer. This is what I wrote in my notes. This is not part of the scripture. My prayer is that you and myself, that our lives will begin to change and listen to the most important person on the earth and the most important person from heaven, and it's not angels. Angels are not the government. They work for the government. This is why devil, the devil is illegal, because he's trying to be a lord when he is a servant. You ever seen the slum lord? You got it. Mm. According to Hebrews 1, verse 7 and verse 14, and of the angels, he said, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? See, angels are servants. Verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them, for them, for them, for them who shall be heirs of salvation? You are an heir to salvation and angels work for you. However, the Holy Spirit is the government of heaven that's been sent to live in you, to instruct you and guide you. Hmm. Because he is the government of heaven. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is God. Let's get it straight. He is God. You might want to capitalize that one. Because sometimes we demote him. Hmm. According to John 4, 23 and 24, you don't have to turn in necessarily. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And if you're going to worship him, you got to do it because the spirit is in you and you're going to do it because it's truth. Because mm. he's the source of life. Oh, Jesus. Now, one scripture talks about Jesus said, you can be forgiven of anything but blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Why? I know y'all read that before. Let's look at it. Look at Matthew 12, verse 31. Oh, hallelujah. You okay out there? Y'all doing okay online? Good. If, am I, am I uh, burning you just a little bit? Can you feel the fire? Feel the fire. Okay. Matthew 12, verse 31. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Okay. So you, you, you can demote them if you want to. It's going to be against you. Ah. Look at Mark 3, 
verse 28. I'm going to read this out of the message Bible, Mark 3, 28. Listen to this carefully. I'm warning you. There's nothing dead, done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you persist in your slanders against God's Holy Spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives, sawing off the branch on which you are sitting, severing by your own perversity all connection with the one who forgives. He gave his, this warning because they were accusing him of being in league with the devil. Aha, we gonna keep, it, gets, it gets better. To attribute the work of the Holy Spirit as being empowered by a demon, that's blasphemous. And that's done deliberate. See, ignorance is one thing. But when you understand and you say, well, this is why uh, you got to be careful how you joke. That you don't cross over and make little of something that God has done and say the devil did it. This is why it's not good to uphold what the devil said. To, to then to turn around and say the devil uh, gets more credit in your life than God does. Ooh. Cause you come into agreement with what the devil say. See, that's a door opener. This is why you must monitor your words. Because to say I'm sick, to say I'm broke, to say I don't have what I need, to say I'm gonna this and, and God ain't done this for me yet and why God hasn't done that and why I don't understand why God not helping me when I, I believe him and I'm tithing and I'm giving. You better be careful of your words because you're bringing a slanderous accusation. Woo! See, my dad always said, loose lips, sink ships. You better watch your lip. You can't blame God for what the devil is doing. And you can't give the devil credit for what God is doing. And here's another reason why I need three people. Y'all be real quick. I need three people. Real quick. Come on. Not the whole church. I just need three people. I need one other person. Come on. I mean, y'all, don't nobody want to work? Okay, we got it. All right. Now, Regina, if you would, if you'll stand over here. I don't know if the camera, and I want you to face this way. No, face me this way. Yeah, get out where everybody can see you. Face, face straight, no? Yeah, like, yeah, like you're facing Denzel. Now, Denzel, move a little closer. Yeah, face, well, you know, you, you, was, you was over there. Okay. Casey, you stand right there. Now, Regina is God. Denzel is Jesus. Casey is the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God has expressed himself in three dimensions for the purpose of redemption. Mankind had to be redeemed. These three had never been separated apart from the need of redemption. So in God's plan to redeem us, there had to be different dimensions of the Godhead expressed. 
You got it? Now, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father, which has sent me, draw him. So, who does the drawing? You can't get to the Father unless you go through Jesus. And you can't get to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit brings you. Now, watch this. Jesus doesn't forgive you. The forgiveness is in the Father. When the Father sees the blood on you, because the Holy Spirit brings you to Jesus, and Jesus presents you to the Father, the Father said, I forgive. See, that's why you can't ignore the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that does the drawing. Because God is a spirit. Thank you. God is the spirit that does the drawing. So God does the drawing through the Holy Spirit. That's a dimension of him. Oh, Jesus. This is the only way you can get born again. This is why the word commands us not to harden our hearts when we sense God tugging at our hearts. Quit ignoring that tug when God is telling you to change something in your life. Watch what you say. Quit ignoring that tug. When he says, step up your game, do something different. Don't be afraid. Stop ignoring those tuggings. Because you're actually ignoring the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one doing the tugging. God is, through the Holy Spirit, tugs our heart. Tug at our heart. Tug at our heart. Trying to get us to, to be, become sensitive to his, to his ways, his movements. You know, my husband, I was so sensitized to my husband, I, I could almost sense what he was thinking. I don't know if you've ever had a relationship like that. And some of you got great marriages, and I believe you're there. But if you, are, you can understand what I'm saying. He could be sitting in the chair, and we would look at each other and start laughing because I knew what he was thinking. And he knew what I was thinking. And there had, didn't have to be a verbal conversation at that moment. Because we were in tune by the Spirit. And, and when you don't sense that, when you had a disagreement, you could sense, you know, and your, your whole desire is, let's get that back. And the makeup was real good. Because you say, I don't ever want to be without that tugging. <laughs> How many of y'all got the picture? Man, it just ain't worth the fight. That little stuff we were arguing about, it just ain't worth it. <laughs> so to ignore the Holy Spirit has no guarantees that you will be able to hear or sense that pulling again. That's the detriment of continuing to ignore him. It comes a day, and we got some people right now that are in our government that have already bypassed every stop sign. I heard the prophet say, prophet Kenneth Copeland said, God has already turned some of them over to a reprobate mind because they have ignored every stop sign that God has tried to give unto them. This is why you got to pray for those in authority, whether they saved or unsaved, because you don't know what's behind the scenes. That's happening. Thank God for apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and pastors 
Thank God for the, we had the five-fold ministry gift. But to ignore the Holy Spirit has no guarantees that you'll be able to hear or sense him pulling again. So to ignore the governor could be a fatal attraction or distraction, I should say. Now, the Holy Spirit is present doing bidding on behalf of the kingdom, urging you right now to give your life completely to his guidance and allow him to develop you into a kingdom citizen. And I say my statement again, because you can be in the country but not be a committed citizen. The Holy Spirit brings your citizenship to fruition. He reveals to you all your privileges and rights that were given to you from birth. Ah. And you can be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. When you go into his presence, he can overwhelm you when he begins to just lavish his love on you. Oh, there's a freedom that can't no man put in a bucket or bondage you or take away from you when you go into his presence. Mm. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment.